My name is Rusty Mackey, and you're listening to The Art of Stability. Hey folks, and welcome back to The Art of Stability, where I have conversations with old and new friends to hear how they're navigating the challenges of life while staying grounded to Jesus in the midst of it all. You're going to enjoy today's episode with Jamal Williams. Jamal is a husband to Amber and father to five kiddos. Jamal is also the lead pastor at Sojourn Midtown in Louisville, Kentucky. He's the president of the Harbor Network. Jamal is a die-hard NBA fan, especially the Chicago Bulls circa 1990s. And Jamal is an insightful man who loves people well. In this conversation, we talk about our need for friendship, how to find those friends, and how Jesus can redeem our imaginations for the better. Stay with us and enjoy Less Is More with Jamal Williams. Pastor Jamal, one of the things that I have noticed about you over our years of friendship uh, is that it seems to me that you have this uh, intentionality and in relationships. And I see that in your friendships. I also see that in your family. I mean, you're a busy, busy pastor. Uh, you got a lot of demands on you. Uh, but at least from my vantage point, it seems like you really prioritize your family and those relationships and make sure that they do not get uh, the leftovers of you. So I'm curious with that, um, you know, is a, is that true? And then B uh, what's, what's the backstory to that intentionality in your relationships? Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. I think um, I would like to say that's true. I think that Relationships are just so important. And I, you know, being the son of a father who and mother who uh, Cole planted a church in Chicago mm-hmm. and just being able to see that from a young age, how important it is just to know the people you're doing ministry with and in the trenches, um, you know, has just really shaped me. And even when I was in Michigan, I had uh, was really struggling in my walk with the Lord after experiencing a lot of loss in my life. And a pastor, uh, his name is Pastor Stan Parker, um, met me in a grocery store and just stopped and started ministering to me in a grocery store. And I was really broken at the time and needed healing and really uh, filled with a lot of doubt. And the Lord used his intentionality in my life um, to draw me back to to him, to know Jesus in, in a deep way. And he just like loved on me in such a profound way that I think it just impacted the way I view my relationships with with people and just trying to make sure that I'm present to the people that the Lord calls me to be present with most, my family, um, you know, our, our team at church, our staff, our, our members, but also just in those little moments where you actually are with people to make sure that you communicate that they are important. Um, even if it's, even if you don't have a minute and you affirm their dignity and affirm that they matter, you know, um, and that's just really important to me. Mm. And I love how that's connected to the story of you meeting the pastor in the grocery store. He stopped in the grocery store yes. few minutes. He's, yep. he's intentional. Um, you also mentioned your father and your yes. mother planning that church, uh, and so it, it sounds to me like you have a good example, a good role model in your dad. Uh, and that obviously is playing into, into that as well. Am I understanding that correctly? 
Yeah, I think I think uh yeah, I think my parents early on in their ministry set a good example of that. And throughout their ministry, I've been able to just learn pros and cons from them on how to relate and and how to do ministry. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. When it comes to having those kinds of positive role models and you're a pastor of a of a fairly large church, so a lot of opportunities there. Um what is it like for you then engaging with folks who maybe don't have good uh, examples of older men? For me, the challenge is always one to help them to know how important that is. And then two, to help them to know like man, prayer really um, helps to, to fix that. So even in my life, I think through um when I first moved to Louisville and not really having those older men. So I left the pastor I was with, I didn't really have relationships and, and just prayed that the Lord would send physical men in Louisville who are older that I can just do life with. And he did, it took about two years. So I always tell guys who have that void, like, yes, seek that out, but also just first seek it out through prayer because I'm a living witness that the Lord can and will provide. Mm. And in the provision of the Lord providing actual men, yes. Uh, what was going on in the actual prayer? Like, what was the Lord providing in that two years? Yeah, I think patience. Uh, Amber was joining me in that. You know, uh, we pray. We were praying for that, and simultaneously, we were praying for like deep peer friendships, uh, peers that we can like relax around and not. Uh, feel and, and feel like it's just a mutual benefiting relationship because when we first moved to Louisville when we got married I was a pastor you know and a lot of the people who are our age because I got started pastoring at a younger age they really didn't know the burden of maybe leadership um, and they maybe were even a part of our church so it felt like when we hung out it was it was more about the church and ministry and um, and so just seeing that the Lord provided. So our prayer was like, well, would you just do this? Would you just provide? And it got frustrating at times. And I remember mm-hmm. Amber being frustrated because she's like, man, Lord, this is what we need. You haven't provided. But I look yeah. back at that now, 12 years, you know, um, it's probably been maybe 11 years ago. And I'm like, man, we are surrounded by friends, by older uh, people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord answered it in abundance. So. Yeah. Mm. Well, I am grateful that the Lord has put that desire for friendship in you both to receive as well as to give. I think it's a blessing to many. And it's so challenging when we don't have uh, friends and we feel alone. Uh, Speaking of challenges, I'm curious if there's maybe a story you can share with us of a time where you experienced some challenges in life and how you navigated those challenges. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great stories. <laughs> and, you know, it's like James one, right. Uh, it's not a matter of if you face trials is when, right. Trials. And come yes. in various, various kinds of, of trials. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, if I had to think through one of the more formative challenges I've had in life and in ministry, Mm -hmm. it would come back to when I first got started at my first pastorate. Uh, 
it was Forest Baptist uh, starting off beautiful people, beautiful church, things in really well there. But I was following up a pastor um, who had uh, resigned and um, it was just a lot of controversy around that. And there's just a leadership vacuum there and um, and just coming in to a older traditional historic church who had lost focus the last few years because of um, maybe what some would describe as negligent leadership and just feeling alone, uh, feeling overwhelmed and having um, a older pastor, my pastor from uh, Michigan, just kind of guide me step by step and just kind of ground me regularly. And he Mm -hmm. just simply just was like, man, kind of that Martin Luther, just let the word do the work. And uh, I'll never forget, he just told me, feed the sheep and starve the goats. He talks in riddles. He's an older pastor, and I love it. But what he meant by that, he was like, man, your job when you come into a situation that's just chaotic and um, turbulent is just to, just to focus on the, the word of the Lord and to just feed his sheep. And uh, people who uh, seem uh, to not be walking as if they're, you know, in the sheepfold, you just don't give them anything uh, negative. You you starve them, you know. You just keep giving a word, keep giving them positivity, and yeah. um, and yeah. eventually everything will work its way out. So yeah, but when when we came to Forest, there was just a lot of things that we had to get in control. We had to make some staff shifts uh, fairly quickly because of things that were out of line and had not been addressed that were pretty flagrant and was contradicting the mm-hmm. word going forth from the pulpit. And there was a lot of, a lot of big decisions to make as a 20 year old something. So. Yeah. And am I understanding you correct, Jamal, the, the starting up forest and then the story you shared earlier about the two years of loneliness and not having the friends, was that at the same time? Yeah, it was, it was. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. How much do you think the challenges at forest, I mean, just the leadership challenges, pastoral challenges, how much do you think that contributed to the loneliness that you were experiencing relationally? Yeah, I think it could, it contributed a lot, you know, um, and the good thing is, is that me and Amber had a strong marriage. Yeah. And we kept that as our, our relationship with the Lord and each other as our foundation. Mm-hmm. So even though I was experiencing loneliness, I did have a um, support at home. Now, I, during that time, made the decision to not include her on a lot of things that was going on. So I would just refuse to give her specifics, uh, not because she couldn't handle it. Amber has very broad shoulders and she can handle it. But I felt like one of us needed to be self-differentiated in the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wanted her to be able to hug everyone at the church the same. Yeah. And so years later, when we looked at how the Lord revitalized that situation in that church, a lot of people mm-hmm. talk about how they were actually won over to my style of maybe leadership and me being their pastor through Amber, because wow. even though there may have been conflicts and, and tension, mm-hmm. they just couldn't understand why my wife was treating them as if, you know, even though we may have been, <laughs> was treating them with this, 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 this love. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. The Lord, even though it was some loneliness, loneliness there relationally, the Lord did provide that um, care 
uh, through my wife. And then we had a strong set of deacons. They were older men. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have that relationship, but they were supportive. I, I didn't have to right. fight from that standpoint. I had had the yeah. support of our deacons. Man, it is. it always astounds me how if your relationship with your bride Yes. It's stable, solid, secure. The world can be against you and you can be okay. Mm-hmm. Such a, such a powerful uh, relationship to cultivate, which again, in your story, you've always prioritized and cultivated uh, that relationship. You mentioned being younger, going through that season of ministry hardship, and you're still praise God in the ministry, loving Jesus, following Jesus. Uh, and you had the wisdom of your pastor, your older pastor friend. Uh, if you could go back now mm-hmm. and with the knowledge that you have yeah. as an older pastor, uh, what would you tell yourself? And the reason I'm asking that is maybe there's some pastors listening to this right now who could use that encouragement. And maybe there's just some folks who their work situation, they may not be in ministry, but but they're struggling because they do feel that vacuum or the aloneness that we've been talking about. So, so what would you say to, to younger pastor Jamal? Yeah. That could be an encouragement to others. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I would say less is more. Mm. Um, I look back at, and I even look at pictures of those younger years and I just feel like you can just see it in my face. I feel like I look and feel younger than I did when I was in my mid twenties pastoring. Hmm. Um, and my wife and I, we talk about all the time. You just kind of look at these pictures and you just feel like, hmm. man, I was probably moving too fast. I was trying to do too much. I was probably yeah. honestly, and this may, I was probably studying too much. Yeah. Um, going too wide and not deep enough. Hmm. And if I had to do it all over again, just across the board, I would have just said less is more and just, yeah led more from the inside out and mm. like exercised and mm-hmm. ate right yeah. and slept more and canceled some meetings and prayed mm-hmm. more. Um, I just look at those pictures. And I'm just like, man, that's, it was a lot of, and the Lord was gracious, so gracious. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, it was a lot of just working out of my own strength. I wasn't working as Paul talks about in Colossians chapter one and his strength and his energy. And yeah. I think those pictures show it. <laughs> what an experience to be able to see that looking back, but also what a gift from God to be able to say, I look younger now than I did then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. It, it makes me think of Jesus's light yoke, you know, his, right. yeah. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm curious to know what practices you're currently, uh, maybe something you're doing in your life that's helping you stay grounded in Jesus, enjoy Jesus. Uh, but I'm, I'm really interested to know, like in light of that dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, in light of that dynamic of you look younger, you feel younger, you feel lighter now mm-hmm. than you did back then. So yeah, can you just share uh, with us uh, something about your relationship with Jesus that's mm. keeping you grounded in the chaos of this world right now? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, pastoral ministry is, is tough because it's these different rhythms. You have a lot of things that pop up, that happen. 
that come. I think a, a few things uh, really helped me. One is I prioritize my mornings to be with him. Mm-hmm. And so um, just my time with Jesus in the morning is the most important part of my day. And my yeah. wife and I, we try to, um, you know, it doesn't always work because sometimes you have a late meeting or whatever, but we try to regularly get up early uh, together before the kids are up and we and spend 45 minutes to an hour just reading together, getting a word, lighting a candle. Um, she's on one couch, I'm on the other. And that's my favorite part of the day. Um, and so, you know, we don't probably don't do that seven days a week, but a good four days a week, um, four to five. And that that is important. And when it doesn't happen, uh, the way that I do my schedules, I don't have meetings uh, before one. So my mornings are just word and prayer. And I know everyone can't do that. Um, but that has just been really good for me. So sometimes if I miss that morning, early morning with the Lord, and I start a little later and I'm kind of, no matter what, I don't care how pressing a sermon, preparing a sermon is, I just like, Hey, my first 45 minutes is just going to be with Jesus. And I've learned at that time with Jesus makes my sermon prep time a lot better because now I'm listening, I'm writing out of maybe the the spirit and a sense of peace and rest and identity as opposed to just working in the flesh, right? Um, and so that's important. Uh, practicing Sabbath delight is really important. Mm. So we, uh, on Fridays at okay. five, um, begin to transition to shut down for at least a 24 hour period. And, mm. um, and so from Friday at five till normally Saturday at eight, but most mm. of the time Sunday morning, I normally get up at five on Sunday. It's just shut down shut down. And so that's been one of the best things ever because we get a day and a half to just chill that night. It's normally family night. So we normally do a family movie, play games. Yeah. Sometimes you're just so tired and we just lay around and we're just bums and that's okay. But we just stop, you know, that peace, zero rest, uh, delight kind of contemplate. And we've been doing that for um, a little over maybe a year and a half ish. And that's just been one of the best things that could have happened. Uh, sleep, Getting a good mm. night's sleep, going to sleep regularly at the same time, uh, mm. not watching television during a week has been really helpful to us. Huh. Okay. Um, uh, most weeknights we don't, you know, every now and then we may yeah. want to see something. So we've got shows and stuff and we'll just like save it for mm. Saturday or Sunday a lot of times, yeah. catch up. Um, but that kind of keeps our brains clear and we just really focus on each other and the word and... Uh, and go to sleep earlier. And that's just been really transformational. And then for me, diet has always been a struggle. I love food. I'm a foodie. Unfortunately, when I'm stressed, my first thing is like to reach for something that can like fill it. But over the last three years, I've been working really hard and it's, and it is really hard. And sometimes I just don't do well, but I work, I've been working really hard to just stay within a window and to try to eat healthily 80% of the time at minimum. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how your answer has this kind of multi-dynamic whole person aspect to it. You know, that to, in order to enjoy Jesus, uh, you really, you need to kind of cut out some of the pseudo rest, yes. you know, that's so easy to go to uh, watching shows during the week and, uh, and then just like the literal 
making sure you go to bed at a decent time because you're realizing my body needs that rest so I can wake up and have a clear mind. Um, yeah. And, and even talking about being a foodie and, you know, the diet piece, like there's the literal aspect of that, but then also the rest of it is kind of this metaphorical aspect yeah. of let's make sure I'm spending my time eating the food that is good for me. Um, and then and, friendship too. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So the pandemic like was hard for us, but what we did is we've got a couple couples that we're just close to and they like, man, we hung out so much and we kind of all were together. Like that was our people. We kind of had like these systems, these rules of who we're going to hang out with, how, and make sure we weren't putting it. And we kicked it during the pandemic. Mm. And, um, and it's like real friendships where you can actually yeah. like talk about stuff, yeah. confront each other, love each other. And that like, and they constantly point us to Jesus, point me to Jesus. They know me a little more at an uncomfortable, like they can pick up when I'm saying <laughs> one thing, but my body needs another thing. You know, it's like uh-huh. Uh-huh. that has kept me healthy too. And they're not impressed mm-hmm. with me. I'm not impressed with them. Like everybody's just like, um, yeah, those are things that we had to cultivate. And it took time. And it took trial and error too. You know, we've had people who we wanted that to be who weren't, and maybe they were paying, you know, they couldn't or we couldn't because of whatever reasons or just the way we relate. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. The trial and error piece, I think, is so key there. You know, even going back to the two years of praying for friends, you know, and that uh, so often we, we want those friends so badly, but it just takes time. It does take time. Takes so, time. Hot, as someone said, not a microwave. So, yeah, so good. Thinking about you and Amber sitting, your bride sitting on the couch in the morning. You got the candle lit. You're spending time with the Lord. Uh, and obviously, you know, you could take this question in so many different directions. Um, but, but what is that time like for you in your interior world? Like, what's going on between you and Jesus? What are you sensing from Jesus in that mm-hmm. time? Yeah, it really depends on the the uh, the time. I'll be honest, like half the time I'm just looking at her and I'm just like, man, she you are so beautiful. <laughs> like, like <laughs> it, and it's early. Her hair is probably a mess. We hadn't brushed our teeth, but half the time I'm just like, thank you, Jesus, for a woman who wants to do this, and who often I hear her feet get up out of the bed first, you know. Um, and so, but. I would say for me, it just depends on the time, man. Life is messy. Weeks are hard. And sometimes it's just hard to hear from the Lord. And it's just yeah. more of the discipline of being there. Sometimes I just have a pen out and I'm just writing honestly what I'm feeling, what I went to bed with the night before, what I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it's just not as fun. It's just like, um, I'm the psalmist just throwing up on Jesus and just like, Lord, have mercy. And I read a verse and like an hour later, I can't even remember what I read, you know, mm-hmm. but something is happening. I feel that the Lord is forming me and it's better that I spent my time doing that than not doing it. Yes. And other times it feels like the heavens are open and every word is popping off in a psalm. And I'm just like, oh, this is so good. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, but most of the time what I've learned to do I've had periods. There are periods. Every few years, I'll go to, through the the Bible with a more intense reading plan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but in between those gulp readings, I really try to do more um, 
uh, contemplative, shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. like right now I'm going through the gospel of Luke and I, mm. in the morning, I don't have a goal to get through a certain amount. It's like, yeah. it may be a chapter, maybe a couple of verses. It's like, Lord, whatever. And then I try to actually put myself in a story and yes. try to imagine Jesus or mm-hmm. imagine it's one of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I normally do a proverb, a psalm, and then something short from the gospels. Um, and yeah. then I normally read 15 minutes from, in the morning, I try to do 15 minutes from a devotional, something that's going to stir my, my affections to the Lord. Yeah. In, in the middle of the day or right before I go home from work, I try to read another 15 minutes to something more theological. And then mm-hmm. at night before I go to sleep, I try to read something fictional or light to kind of yeah. go sleep on a lighter note. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's so good. I mean, everybody heard it, you know, do devotions with your wife in the morning to, to just prime the romance. I love it. I love it. That's so good. And thank you for sharing such a realistic picture of what it's like. You know, it's, it's fun that you say you're going through Luke right now. I'm also reading through Luke slowly. Yep. And kind of put myself in the story and, Uh you know, just sitting, read a little, you know, just slow it down, close my eyes. Imagine what would that be like? What would their Uh face look like? What would it feel like? Uh, And it's, yeah, there's something to that that does get not only your intellect, but it just gets your, like you said, stirring your affections, you know, mm-hmm. want those affections to be stirred and to uh, really see beauty in the person of Jesus. Um, yeah. Yeah. When it comes to something you've read in Luke recently, yeah. can you think back to a, to a story you read? Yeah. And, and I'd love to hear specifically like, what really stood out to you in your yeah. imagination? Yeah, the uh, centurion's faith mm. and just that whole dynamic of Jesus, like him, you know, just imagining being this guy who has this this power and this uh, authority, and he gets it, right? And and he had his child is sick and dying, and and just stepping into that, and just reminding myself of just the simplicity of of faith. Right. Mm. Um, but also just like um, this, this understanding of what Jesus was doing there, how like this emphasis so early in Luke, like, hey, this is no greater faith. I have not experienced a faith as, as good as this, yeah. this man's faith. Like mm. Um, mm. And just really sitting on that and how shocking that would have been mm. to be his disciples. And they're like, wait a minute. You saw my faith. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like I like Peter's like, yo, I have faith. Like I came to you, I kneeled down pretty early. All the disciples thinking through their story. Mm-hmm. And like this guy, a Gentile, mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. bold that was for Jesus to do that and what it would have stirred up. So it my mind just went on that story in so many different ways. Like imagine it, imagining that how the disciples felt, imagining how that child felt all of a sudden their body is bad and everyone's around looking at them. Jesus hasn't even walked through the door and the father comes back and is explaining like, Hey, I had this conversation with this, this man who's a healer and the reason you're okay. We all, and then my imagination was just running like, what's, who is that guy? Who's the, who's the guy who was healed? How did he respond? How did, you know, so, um, and just really just thinking about how amazing Jesus is and how one act of faith probably impacted so many people just from seeing that one act of faith, mm. curious faith. Mm. 
thank you for sharing that with us. And again, thank you for your friendship uh, to me personally, for your intentionality and for joining us here today on the show. My joy. Thank you, Rusty. Uh, Thank you for modeling what it looks like to live from the inside out and um, to enjoy Jesus. I always enjoy um, your your presence and and I'm, I'm glad that you're doing this great work. All right, folks, thanks for joining us today for the Art of Stability. Check out the show notes for links to get connected with Jamal on Twitter, as well as a link to Harbor Network Eavesdrop, where Jamal has conversations about the diversity of the body of Christ, multiculturalism, and ethnic reconciliation. The Art of Stability is a production of Steadfast Ministries. There I offer spiritual direction, sabbatical coaching, and workshops, which all help you stay grounded in Christ to go the distance in life and work. For these and other free resources to help you grow in emotional and spiritual health, be sure to check out Steadfast Ministries' website at steadfastmin.com. That's steadfastmin.com. The Art of Stability cover art was created by Brian Bim. Music created and performed by Rob Main, and the music was recorded and produced by the Asterisk Company. I hope you're enjoying these episodes and getting ideas for how you can enjoy Jesus more. And if you're able and willing, would you consider helping us by writing a positive review or sharing episodes with friends so that more folks can join us next time for the Art of Stability.